Uh, thank you so much. Of course it are. So congratulations on your new position as the first homelessness service coordinator in Goleta. Please tell our listeners about your background, what experience do you have in socioeconomic policymaking and helping the homeless, and how long have you lived in Goleta? So that's a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> the first answer is I've lived in Goleta off and on for most most of my life. I mean, so my, my grandparents moved here to Goleta in 1975. Um, and I used to visit them every week. Uh, I went off to college in 83 and didn't come back to live in Santa Barbara until 2015. Um, so I've been living in Goleta since 2015. My whole professional life has been involved in social and economic policy change. Um, I kind of, kind of consider my professional uh, orientation to be about community development and helping communities use the tools that they have at their disposal to try to improve their lives themselves. Um, my interest in homelessness came because I started back in 2015 with a countywide organization called uh, the Central Coast Collaborative on Homelessness. Then I went to work for PATH Santa Barbara, which is a shelter. Uh, I ran that shelter for three years. Um, and then I started consulting, and I've been consulting actually with the city of Goleta for over two years, and they brought me on full time uh, in November. So it's been it's been a journey, kind of learning about the, the homelessness situation here in Santa Barbara, and developing the networks and learning about the resources we can use to to end homelessness for people. So from your experience, what do you believe are the underlying issues that cause homelessness in Goleta? So homelessness, I've I've described homelessness as kind of a stupid problem. Uh, this is true nationally that homelessness, the cause of homelessness is a lack of housing. A person is only homeless if they don't have anywhere to live, bottom line. Um, now, you, a lot of people think that, you know, alcohol or drugs or mental health issues are the causes of homelessness. And in reality, the vast majority of people with alcohol and drug problems, the vast majority of people with mental health problems are housed. So what we're really talking about is a crisis in housing. And any student listening to this knows that this is true, that housing is too expensive in this region, um, that regular people, working people, can't afford to live here. People are commuting from Ventura, from Santa Maria, from even Arroyo Grande, all over, from all over to try to work here in Santa Barbara County. And so what we see are homeless people are kind of the tip of the iceberg of the problem. If people are commuting and they can't afford to live here, just finding a, a place to live becomes impossible. And so people do what they can do. They, they double up. I mean, I bet there are people listening to this who are currently couch surfing. And homeless people are just one step removed from that uh, and don't have anywhere to go. So they end up uh, in places that we don't consider habitable. Do you believe the homeless situation is generally trending up or down? Is the number of homeless people increasing or decreasing? So in, it, that's a great question. In Nationally, the homelessness is increasing. And in California, it's increasing significantly, you know, 8 to 10% per year. In places like Los Angeles, uh, in, in the most expensive housing markets, it's exploding. In Santa Barbara, it's a, it's, we have a weird and interesting situation where even though housing is more and more and more expensive, we tend to have a fairly consistent number of homeless people based on the counts that we've done over the years. And it's roughly eight to 10,000 people. And it's stayed that way for 10, 10, 15 years. And I don't know honestly why it doesn't get bigger um, because the, the, the problems with housing continue. 
but you that's kind of it's it's been a fairly consistent number in Santa Barbara. Some of that is because we have a very good network of people helping people get housed. And so every year we house maybe three or four hundred people. Unfortunately, that means that three or four hundred or maybe more people are becoming homeless every year. So we're we're housing a lot of people, but a lot of people are also becoming homeless. Has the pandemic um, complicated the homelessness situation in Galena? So that's a great question, too. Um, ironically, the pandemic, to some extent, has been good for homeless people. And the reason why is that we historically have not invested in short-term housing for homeless people. We, we tend to put them into, con- into what we call congregate shelter, where the, a lot of people live on a floor um, at Path, where I used to work. We had you know, 50, 60 people on, in one big room. And that's not safe on a whole bunch of levels. But from the perspective of disease and, and things like COVID, it's potentially deadly. So what we saw during COVID is that the shelters emptied out. And so then we were left with trying to figure out what to do about it. The governor and to some extent the federal government, particularly more recently, invested billions of dollars in creating solutions. And so we put people in hotels. We put people in short-term temporary structures that we call tiny homes or pallet homes. And what we found is that, in fact, this is a better way to shelter people because it's more dignified. It creates a way for people to live with their own space, their own you know, restroom, their own storage area. Um, and people tend to improve more quickly. They tend to be more cooperative. They tend to then find their own solutions to homelessness. So it turns out COVID led us to better solutions in temporary housing. Um, now, on the other hand, we're still working with the resources trying to get people off the streets. Initially, homeless people were not the most likely victims of COVID for a whole bunch of reasons, some of which be that many of them are isolated, many of them are, you know, they congregate in small groups. They, it was almost like pods of, of families. Um, but increasingly, you know, COVID did impact the, the homeless community. But it, as I said, I think the, the actual net result has been a benefit uh, to, to our working on, on homelessness. Now, as the Homelessness Services Coordinator since December 5th, what further specific initiatives do you have planned to address those issues to reduce homelessness in Goleta? Thank you for asking that. So Goleta hired me as a kind of an experiment, and it's happening in cities across the, the region and across the country, that cities are taking more responsibility for homelessness. The way local government works is that typically counties are the, are the agencies most responsible for social services. So you have counties that do well, what we call welfare or general relief programs. You have them doing family support programs. Um, they administer uh, a, a whole host of social services, public health, law enforcement, that, that really, uh, you know, that's how we handle poverty in our society is through county governments. Um, increasingly though, local residents have put more pressure on their city governments and city councils and mayors and say, hey, you know, you ought to do something about this. And in Goleta, the city council and mayor really do want to take responsibility for the problem. So they brought me on board. They actually have a strategic plan that uh, they created several years ago that really breaks down the problem of homelessness into different areas. Obviously, permanent housing is critical. But we also are concerned about the impacts of homelessness on businesses and on residents and on parks and other services. We want to make sure that people feel safe going to the the kinds of facilities that we have in Goleta, the parks and the, and the rec center, uh, the community center. 
so part of my job is to make sure that we're we're minimizing the impacts as much as possible. And then it, it's really important that people have access to all the different services that are being provided. And so cities can serve an important role in helping the community and homeless people themselves become more aware uh, of what's going on and what services are available. And so that's an important component of the role that I'm playing. And probably the biggest thing, the thing that really propelled Goleta and, and Santa Barbara forward was the danger of encampments. So one of the results of COVID and people coming out of those congregate shelters that I was talking about is that you now have encampments popping up along the highway. You've probably seen them um, or in the along the, the railroad tracks. And those are a danger, not just to the people living there, but to the general community when they light fires. And we've had a number of fires over the last couple of years attributed to homeless people. That's a real crisis. So they, the cities also really want to take responsibility for those areas and work with the owners of those properties, including Caltrans, which is the state, UPRR, which is the railroad, United Pacific Railroad, and then private landowners all along those rights of way. And part of my job is interfacing with all of those different stakeholders to try to figure out how do we clean up these encampments when they're abandoned? How do we get people out of the encampments and into shelter and, and ultimately housing? Um, so that's a, another key important part of, of my role that, that will uh, work in the city of Goleta. The city of Goleta is really small. You know, really, ideally, we would like to see this kind of work going on in Isla Vista, in the in city of Santa Barbara, in the unincorporated parts of the county. And we are seeing more and more resources being devoted to really, really integrating the different services and trying to improve this, what we call a continuum of care that supports homeless people uh, into housing. What specific plans do you have to reduce homelessness? Build housing, bottom line. Um, and in Goleta, we're lucky. Uh, in, in the next four to six months, we will see a new permanent supportive housing project go up. It used to be the old Super 8 Motel. Uh, it's now being called uh, Buena Tierra, the good land. Um, and it was built by the County Housing Authority. It wasn't built, it was rehabilitated by the, the County Housing Authority into permanent supportive housing. So 50 people in the next six months will be taken off the streets and put into this, this housing complex where they will have services and they'll have their own uh, you know, space and bathrooms, et cetera, kitchens. That's wonderful. And that's the, really the first permanent supportive housing project we, we're seeing in Goleta. There are plans on the, board, on the boards to do another 170 units by 2025 that will be dedicated to very low-income people and people with special needs, which includes homeless people. So given that the, the city of Goleta only has 100 homeless people, you know, on paper, we're on track to end homelessness in Goleta, which is, a, which is very exciting. It, you know, it doesn't mean homelessness goes away completely. There will, as long as our housing market is broken, we're going to see people falling out of housing and out of support of their families or out of support of their friends and ending up on the streets. And so it's going to be a constant need to be vigilant as long as we have this broken market to figure out new solutions, new innovative ways of, of getting people housed. So something I am going to be working on is an innovative project that would be like a shelter, but it, it it's like I was talking about before, these, these tiny homes where you create a, a private space for each person. I'd love to see, I've been working with the city manager in Goleta and, and the staff. I would love to see a tiny homes project uh, developed in Goleta in the next you know, year, year or two years. Would this be modeled up the ones um, made last, uh, in the last couple of years in Isla Vista? 
So yes and no. So the Isla Vista project was very temporary. Um, it was only there for a few months. Ideally, I think these things ought to be semi-permanent in the sense that as long as they can last, they should last. Um, the IV project was great, but it, it went away. The, the best model that we have in Santa Barbara right now is, uh, it's called Dignity Moves, and it's a project down in Santa Barbara on um, uh, Santa Barbara Street at Figueroa. And if, if you didn't know it was there, you wouldn't see it. But it's, there are, I believe, um, 30 tiny homes where people are now living and, um, you know, they were once homeless and now they're, they have a place to live. And it's, it's considered a shelter because it's not permanent housing. They, they have plans to eventually move those units. But for right now, um, those people are housed. And it's a much better and humane way of living than the, the typical homeless shelter. What can the average person do to support people who are living on the street? Like you see them panhandling or asking for food. Is giving money to homeless people a way to help them? First of all, I just have to say your questions are fantastic. So I've gone 100 different directions on that question. Um, there is nothing wrong with helping a person who needs help. But you have to ask yourself kind of when you're you know, reaching in your pocket for change or a few dollars and handing it to somebody, you know, what's the impact of that help? Um, you know, it's great. You're giving something to somebody who needs something. And that's a wonderful thing. Or, you, you know, if you donate clothes or if you donate food to somebody, all of that's really useful. So I'm not going to discourage anybody from helping. Um, and in fact, we have Santa Barbara has an amazing network of food distribution and clothing distribution and showers and um, financial assistance, all of which help people survive. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if you're looking to really end homelessness, then the best thing you can do is, is help to advocate for housing solutions. Um, and what does that mean? You know, it means understanding, you know, what, what's going on with the housing market. You know, the, the Santa Barbara Tenants Union is an example of a group of young people trying to work for, for tenant justice, to try to lower the rents um, on, on existing tenants and try to encourage the, the, the building of more affordable housing across the board. So one of the things that students can do because you, you, you have less requirements of your time is get active in you know, movements and organizations that are really trying to change the way the housing market works in our society. Um, and that sounds lofty, but you're at an age and a stage of your lives where you can actually, your voices make a difference in how people think about housing. Um, and, you know, you're at the front lines. Many, many, many students are struggling to find housing. Many students live in overcrowded situations. Uh, there, there are students living in their cars. There are students who consider themselves homeless. You know, that's, you have a, a ready-made constituency of people that, that really should be fighting for, for housing justice for, for young people in our community. Right now, young people in general, I don't care how much money you make, you can't afford to live in Santa Barbara. That's just messed up. <laughs> so, so that's really the bottom line. We've got to figure out a way to get people housed. In terms of volunteer activities, you know, I know that fraternities and sororities and church groups and Hillel and a whole variety of organizations are out there in the campus community helping homeless people. Um, working with our shelters, working with the organizations that, that work with homeless people directly. Um, that shouldn't stop. That's important. You know, do that work. Isla Vista is a great place of innovation. We've had employment programs run by students where homeless people were helping pick up trash, were helping repair bicycles, were helping um, do a whole bunch of stuff in IV for pay. 
that's fantastic. So I mean, that kind of that kind of thinking, that kind of innovation to support folks um, is really important. And then finally, I'll say, you know, just talking to people and connecting with people can be a huge help. Many times people are homeless because they don't have any option that they can think of to change or to, to go inside. And just talking to people who are housed sometimes gives them a little more courage or a little more confidence or maybe some resources to figure out what the next step might be. So there's really no harm in having a conversation with people on the streets. Um, you'd be surprised at how grateful they are just to make that human connection. Thank you. And is there anything else you would like to share with our listeners today? So, you know, I think that this problem, as I've said, is kind of a stupid problem. We know we know why it's happening and we aren't stopping it. You know, you might compare it to global warming in that respect, but this is much, much more down to earth and much more within our control for each of us to have a role to play in terms of making change. Anything we can do to figure out how to make housing more affordable more plentiful and available for people in California is going to work on this problem. And I really encourage all of you listening to this to think about what role you have to play in improving the opportunities for people to get access to housing, because we're creating all kinds of solutions. People now can build what are called ADUs, uh, uh, alternative dwelling units in their yards. So your parents may have a huge backyard. They might consider putting in a unit there that they could then rent to somebody. That's, that's part of the solution and it's actually easy and affordable and there's even uh, financing available if they make it affordable to um, lower income people. So just that's just an example. I mean, you, you know, there are so many different ways that we can come up with innovative solutions um, and now's really the time. We, California has a housing crisis. We have literally millions of people in our state who are living marginally, who are one paycheck away from possibly becoming homeless. We have a huge housing shortage. This is a problem we all can roll up our sleeves and help solve. So I want to thank you for, for letting me you know, share my experience and my voice on this. Um, and if people want to get a hold of me, I'm at the city of Goleta. My email is cflax, F-L-A-C-K-S, at cityofgoleta.org. I'm more than happy to talk to anybody about this problem. So thank you. Thank you so much.